Welcome, beautiful people, to another enlightening episode of the Black Crown Chronicles podcast, where we explore the intersection of professionalism, black hair, and hair texture and identity. I am your host, Dr. Kenesha L. Rowe, and today I have a very exciting guest, a dear friend of mine, um, who will be talking about breaking stereotypes in the workplace, particularly the medical field. Despite COVID-19, she has been and is still a emergency room registered nurse for the past 17 years. And for the past three years, she decided to take her talents on the road and has blessed the U.S. nursing world with her presence. She's an honored member of the natural hair community, a locked queen for several years, and also and also a proud member of the illustrious Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated of the Greater Gamma Delta Sigma Chapter of Miami, Florida. I'm laughing because obviously there's a connection. She is my Sora, but also if you know, then you know. Today I have Ashley Zephyrin. Hello everyone. And where are you joining us from in the world? I know that usually you are traveling around to various places, but tell the listeners a little bit about where your work site is today and how that might be different from other days. Currently, I am in San Francisco, California. In a couple of hours, I'll be heading to Sacramento, California. Um, I'll be working in Roseville, California later on. So uh, last, I can't even say a few days ago, I was in Spokane, Washington. So I travel pretty much a lot. Um, Travel nursing is my new life. After the pandemic, I decided to change up how things are done and been travel nursing ever since. I love it. From knowing you personally, I know that your hairstyle, your hair texture, hair color has changed over the last 20, 25 years. I don't know if it's been 25 years. I don't want to age us that much. But talk to me a little bit about your hair and hair texture today and what that means to you personally. Uh, Currently, my hair is locked. I have locks. I've been having locks for about, I believe, six to seven years. I can never remember. And they are a shade of mahogany and purple at this current time. Lovely. Uh, uh, Not too long ago, there were a shade of purple and then a shade of blue. I love that. It's changed almost uh, every few years since I've locked it. I love that. I've only gone and changed my hair color a couple of times from brown shades to black shades, but I've always, always wanted to do the blues and the purples. I think that's beautiful, Um, but I'm just not that courageous to be like, is is this all right? And how long? And will this match my outfit? Um, Do any of those decisions come across your mind on a daily basis? Um, I started off with blonde locks. Uh, I had short hair, blonde, and it's honestly, it'll attach. The color of the hair doesn't affect the outfit at all. Actually kinds of brings a pop to it. So no matter what color you choose, it's like a contrast. So you shouldn't have a fear of will it match your outfit or it, it takes a step of courageousness. I do agree, but Um, You knowing me, I'm not afraid to do those things. I like different things, be a little wild, um, you know, 
change things up, look different, stand out in the crowd. I like that. Do you particularly have a name for your hair or perhaps a personality? I do not. Um, I do not have a name for her. Uh, she just goes along with my personality. So depending on who I am, I'm always going to be Ashley, but it just depends on which Ashley you're going to get that day. <laughs> but I've never actually named my hair. Uh, depending on the style, yes, my personality does change. It depends if I want to be sassy that day, if I want to be relaxed, if I want to be wild and free. But it usually just coincides with my personality itself. So. What inspired you to say, okay, I'm going to be natural as opposed to any other texture? So from, I can say like middle school to college, I've had permed hair, straightened hair. When I got to college, I had, even before that, I had short permed hair where I would have, this is late 90s, early 2000s people, <laughs> had a nice little short cut, little knee along going on. Um, when it was around time graduation, I decided I no longer wanted to put chemicals in my hair. And why um, was that? Just didn't want it. Didn't like the burn. I got burned really bad one time. And I was like, I don't know if my scalp's going to recover. And I just didn't like the process anymore. I liked natural hair. Uh, Jill Scott was starting to come out and Erica Badu kind of pushing the natural hair thing. So I was like, I'm going to try it out. My natural hair texture was different. It was mine. I never had it out as long before. So I tried it and I just never went back. My Then my scalp got real sensitive. And I was like, I'm definitely not putting anything else in my hair because she's back to her natural, normal state. And I know I'm tender. Yeah. When you say your scalp got sensitive, what do you mean by that? Well, when you're when you're perming your hair often, I guess the constant burn from the chemical kind of toughens your skin. Okay. And since I haven't done it in a long time, anything would my skin would go like your scalp gets tender, your natural skin comes back. So it's not used to the okay. constant torture, pull, burn. So anything was like, oh no, just let my hair twist it and call it a day. Okay. So you had rediscovered what basically level zero was and anything else that you did in opposition to that it's rejecting it <laughs> oh yeah I, I was com constantly rejected even now if they twist my locks too tight I can feel like scabbing and I'm like oh oh wow <laughs> so if I get it too tight and it sits in a tight like design or style for too long and I'll be playing with my stuff I'm like oh my god I think I scabbed up oh no that that makes me sad, that trauma. Like it, it is traumatizing. Um, but it doesn't last very long. It's usually like if I do a style and then they kind of like hold it together, it doesn't happen immediately. It's probably like when the hair starts to relax, like my scalp starts to relax and loosen. It's like, oh, it's sitting in a spot where it's pulling and it doesn't like it. I know what you mean by that. Um, I love styles. I like the braids and the crinkles, but if it's in the braids longer than three days, it feels like I need to cut all the hair off and it just needs to breathe. It just needs mm -hmm. to not be tugged. So I know what you mean yeah. by that about the sensitivities. Whereas before I remember, you know, early 2000s, you know, I had a sew-in and you're, you're perming your hair, braiding your hair, sewing the weave, pulling the, the string. Yeah. Like that was a lot, but I endured all of that because I wanted the inches. Um, yeah. It's crazy what we go through for beauty, the pain, and we just tolerate it and normalize it.
And they say beauty is pain, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And everyone's pain level is different. Oh, yeah. So what you can withhold is going to be different from what I can I can withstand for sure. My tolerance for certain things has gone down. So before I locked my hair, it was maybe five or six years. I was just just natural hair, um, twist, more twist. It took me maybe four years before I actually um, flat ironed my hair. Okay. Um, and it was like, it was my birthday. And I was like, oh, let me try and see how this goes. And then I kind of like went too far at one point that the front of my head, the tech, the curl pattern changed because I, the way I was flattened, ironing it too hot. And so my curl pattern at one point, part of my head was different from the rest. And then I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. But locking was like a final step for me. I was like, if I decide to lock my hair, I'm not doing anything else. This is it. That's where I am. (laughs) That's where I am. I'm not changing it. This is a permanent move for me. So I did everything before that. I lived freely, had an afro from the afro, double strand twist, different uh-huh. styles. And then I reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm I'm done. I did everything I could do. I was even bald. Well, I had a boy cut. Not I too remember. Bald. Yeah. I remember so, cute. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I did everything. It's either locks and then after this, if I decide to change, I'll probably go to down to a another boy cut in my older age. How long do you want your hair to get? As long as it wants to get. I do not mind the length. It takes a lot of work, yes, to maintain. And I don't do my own hair because I'm just not going to. I will pay for the convenience. Uh Um, But as long as she wants to get, she can grow and grow and grow. So because you've had locks for just about half your professional career as a nurse, um, in terms of professionalism and presentation and credibility of folks looking at you and having perhaps some assumptions about your hair, about your uh, level of expertise and knowledge, how important do you think the perception of professionalism when we talk about Black hair? When we talk about Black hair, especially in nursing, um, you'll see so many aspects of it. So I was a manager at some point And I think being a Black woman in general, my hair didn't matter. They didn't believe I was a manager or they wanted to see somebody above me because I was a Black woman, Um, no matter who it was, from a patient to a doctor to other nurses, not believing that it was me. And I used my hair as my crown. It was my crown. Like, I always made sure my hair was presentable for me what presentable meant to me even if I didn't get it freshly done it looked neat it looked professional in my eyes not for anybody else's standard but what I thought okay I looked cute that day and because I felt cute and because I felt like this is my crown you could not tell me anything so you can assume that's that's really interesting because I think you know hair being presentable and respectability politics, we already know that narrative, but you're saying that presentable for you is connected to self-esteem. How do I feel? Because it's my yes. crown. Yes. Um, 
I hadn't had a boss tell me to do something with my hair before, uh, maybe because how I carried myself. Um, I never had that issue because one, you're not going to tell me how to look. Like I can understand if my scrubs are dirty, if I look sloppy, but I didn't look sloppy. Uh-huh. So that did not affect me. The most I've gotten was, oh, your hair is cute. Can I touch it? That's always the thing. Everybody wants to touch your hair. Um, How do you respond to that? <laughs> it depends on who it is. And I'll be like, no, or I don't care. Sure. <laughs> Like, I'll give you a piece of the end and you can touch the texture, but you're not touching. Like, you're not getting your grips in my scalp. So just just last week, not even last week, just a few days ago in Washington, I walk into a room with a patient and Spokane, Washington, um, very white town. Uh So a lot of the lady was a white woman. She was concerned. She was like, how do you like it here? I was like, so far, nobody's bothered me. I don't even think they realize I'm black because nobody's even looking at me or they're just ignoring me, but I haven't had any issues. Now, was she concerned because of your identity as a black woman or just concerned just in general humanity? Like, how are you adjusting? No, as a black woman, she was a white woman and she was just like, oh my God, your hair is beautiful. Can I touch it? I was like, sure, cute grandma, you can touch this. Mm. And she was like, oh my God, that's so wonderful. It's so nice and soft. And how are you adjusting to this place? I know it's not. I said, well, I think they're very forward moving. When I think of the area, everybody looks like a bunch of hippies, piercings everywhere, hair, their hair is everywhere. They, it looks like a bunch of weed heads just walking around. and so I was like they look pretty forward she's like she's kind of shocked because they're very conservative conservative still and I was like I haven't got that I think the younger people are kind of like Seattle's kind of forward moving thinking has moved into this part of northeast Washington and so I had no issues people have complimented my hair I saw a white guy with his locks were longer than mine so I was like I'm sure they've seen these before Right. So usually when I go to new places, um, I like to look around and see what the people look like. And I know nobody else looks like me. It's very rare. That, that was going to be my follow up. Did anyone look like you in Washington in your no. field? No, uh, I would walk into a department and I was the only black woman. Wow. And if I did see another black woman, like she had, um, she was probably an older African lady, had a had a scarf on her head. Okay. But honestly, as a nurse, I was the only black nurse at the time. She worked housekeeping. Or if I saw another black person, it's kind of like, you know, that normal, hey, nod. Uh-huh. And then, but I was the only one. What about where you are right now in California? So I'm doing what we call strike nursing right now. So there are a lot of black nurses. I okay. think I felt seen when I came to my first strike, um, because the amount of black women that came and nurses that are there coming in to do what they do, all types of hairs, sew-ins, lace fronts, locks, braids, just a plethora. And I felt very at home. Okay. Now what is strike nursing? So when a facility decides to go on strike, um, we have the backup, like they recruit nurses from around the country to come fill in those spots until they figure it out. Okay, that makes sense. 
I just wanted to make sure I wasn't making any assumptions. <laughs> um, so if you were permanently stationed in Washington, as opposed to South Florida, as opposed to California, your appearance can have a very striking impact on your career. Yes. Yes and no. Um, my appearance in Washington, like I said, nobody paid attention. Like they would say hi. They liked my hair if they paid attention. But other than that, people would go around their business. South Florida is very, you know, looks are very important um, just in general. Like you have to come presentable. You can't just come in. So that probably would make a difference. Okay. For the type of clientele that they're looking for. And you just have to make this, what is it, the Miami look that they're always looking for. As opposed to California, another place where it's very just relaxed. They're very forward thinking. Um, I've seen some messy looking people. I'm like, how are you functioning? How do people not think you're homeless? And <laughs> they just go about. And I'm like, okay, I guess there's no like rules in the hospital anymore. So before they used to have like, you could only have certain colors. You can't, you have to have natural colored hair um, to be a professional. When did and that change? It started changing with the, I guess this generation of people that are here. Like, why does it matter what color my hair is? Okay. I'm still a professional. Um, some places are still trying to fight it, but before you couldn't have any piercings on your face. Now they're allowing staff to come with nose piercings and facial piercings. Some places still don't allow it, but you're allowed to have it. Like I'm seeing more and more people look themselves other than fit into the mold of what the hospital is supposed to have. I've seen a surgeon. Usually surgeons don't have facial hair. He had longer hair than me and a beard out to how long and I was like I really wouldn't want him to do any surgery on me because I don't want any of his facial hair to fall inside of my body <laughs> but if they if the med school allowed him to continue his process and his career looking disheveled like that I really can't say anything but personally I'd be like yo put it in a bun and like <laughs> comb it down because if you like I think a ponytail like, <laughs> he looked, okay, so I think he was like Indian, Pakistan, like, and so you know how bushy their hair can get. So his beard was like out here. And I was like, yo, just gather it together so I can see your face <laughs> and like put a rubber band or a thing on it. <laughs> but they allowed him to keep going. So I was like, if they allowed this, then I know you cannot come for me for my hair. Got it. Got it. So that's good that, you know, the tide is shifting in terms of medical professionals being able to show up authentically. There's not this, you have to fit into this mold. Um, do you think that there are still some stereotypes for Black women that they have to- Oh, definitely. Challenge? What are some of those stereotypes? Definitely. Um, the higher you go, they're still going to want you to fit into that. They still want your hair tamed and in a bun and like put together- but why? If she can have a messy bun, why can't I have a messy bun? It's still a messy bun. Got it. Can you have color, do you think, the higher you are? Um, I think it's a difference. It's changing. You won't see it very often. 
unless she's like someone that stands out. But I believe you can because I've seen white women come in with a little cut. Like she's not a natural blonde. Why are you not coming uh-huh. after her? Or she's not a natural redhead. So I could be a redhead. If redhead's a natural color, then I'm going to be redhead. That's an interesting point. I never thought about that because there are quite a few people who are not natural blondes, natural brunettes, whatever the color is. So who gets to do And I did challenge that. I'm yeah. not a natural blonde, but I came to work with a blonde head. And actually it's not, it's blonde. It's a natural color. It fell into right. your little, so you can't tell me no. Right. Why is it different for them versus for me? Just because we have a different shade skin. Exactly. So what was the result? What did they say when you did challenge that? They couldn't say anything. I purposely did it and nobody said anything because it fell in. It wasn't a bright, hot pink. It was a blonde color. So nobody actually said anything. The most I got was, oh, that's cute. I'm like, thank you. It goes with me. (laughs) I love it (laughs) because I know your personality. When you say that your hair changes with your personality and is your crown, I know exactly what people are getting. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a fun time as a blonde. I was the most fun I could ever be. I had a short blonde hair. I was cute. I was having a good time because blondes have fun. (laughs) um I also know that when you navigate challenging situations or situations that you know like your white counterpart did not go through if they have unnatural blonde hair and are allowed to wear it but you are now having this conversation that's an additional thing that you have to navigate professionally emotionally it can be taxing because why am I having this conversation as opposed to someone else um And, you know, in the psychology of understanding like oppression for black women, we know that it is multi-layered in this matrix of domination where we are dealing with sexism, dealing with colorism, dealing with texturism, dealing with being, you know, one of the few women in a field that may be male dominated or vice versa. Can you remember a time where you've had to confront a bias of someone around texture or a style that you've had in the medical field in uh let's see for myself probably not but for employees that I've had yes what was um, happening just having like like I said the texture or the texture usually is not the problem it probably was the style and having to like at the time things hadn't changed yet and so having to be someone on a a manager level having my director tell me hey you need to talk to this employee oh wow about their hair and I'm sitting there like what's wrong with their hair wow so it kind of puts you between you know a rock and a hard place trying to help trying to make sure the employee feels safe and not having to deal with it but then you're also in the middle because you are also a person of color Uh and you understand their hair but now you have to come and discipline somebody else about their hair that you really don't see what the issue is yeah so the bias it, it it comes like I've had bosses that just in my opinion, I was like, you don't like people of color and you don't like pe- women of color in, you know, these settings. I don't know why you feel threatened, but 
you know, I'm not here for your job. I really not. I'm here to do my job, but you make my job harder. Especially when you have to deliver that message. Like you have to do. Yeah. Through the channel of like another black woman telling me. Yes. And why are you using me? Because you don't want to have this conversation on your own. You think I'm going to deliver the blow easily? No, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you pushback. Like, I don't understand. What's the problem? Because you're not talking to her. You're also talking to me. Because if one day I want to come in looking like that. Yeah. It's not like it's not kept. It's not like it's falling off. Like, why? And I another field that goes through it a lot is um, flight attendants. Okay. When they have to, like, make sure their hair is nice and neat and presentable. Yep. And how he how can you do that with natural hair? Like, I've had my afro out. What's wrong with it? Like, why can't I have my natural hair in its natural state? Yeah. What What is the problem? She got her hair out. I can't put this in a bun. It just uh-huh. won't do it. <laughs> Not in a dry state. No, it won't. Look, I was going to say it won't look the same. It won't look the same. So is it below my, sh- and I fit the criteria, it's above my shoulders. It's not falling in the people body. <laughs> it's just up. Right, right. A crown. So you guys complain, like, you guys have to have your hair up so it's not dangling on the patient. My hair don't dangle. Right. In the afro, it just doesn't. So why is why are we having these type of conversations? So it kind of like, if if this is your first time having this conversation, I can understand for a person how it affects your self-esteem and why we have to have tough skin to be like, okay, no. And you need someone in the work. I think my main reason for taking like a position in leadership was so that other people that look like me had somebody there for them to give them support and help them through these types of types of situations Uh because I've had a lot of young black men young black women like listen I've been doing this for this long and this is what I've seen it might not happen to you but prepare yourself kind of like what your parents prepare you you're going outside you're my precious baby but these people don't see you like this this is how they see you so this is how you're going to navigate this world How do you think the medical field or even nursing in particular can promote inclusion around black hair and texture? Oh, so everything's about, um, they're going to try to use everything for, you know, hygiene and patient safety, Mm -hmm. right? Even down to like nails. You can't have, they don't want you having artificial nails, now they just included no artificial eyelashes. Who wear artificial eyelashes but Black people? <laughs> oh, wow. So these policies are more directed. But, you know, I would say I've seen lashes on almost everyone. But the majority, yes, I do understand where you're coming from. Yes. Right? No artificial nails. No artificial eyelashes. Um, these are the two things that they're pushing. Your nails need to be nice and neat. Why with the nails? Because they found with... Artificial nails, bacteria can grow under them. and that, Yeah, they're going to have the research. I don't know what about the artificial lashes. Because it's new. I don't that either. Yeah. It just, it, it hit like maybe a few, like we started seeing it a few months ago. It's out here in wow. California. Wow. Like, 
Like, what is this? What does my artificial lash got to do with you? Is so it how affecting will they your know? How, how will they know if you have artificial lashes or not? Well, it's the they, difference between that and wearing a strip. So I guess it's the, the ones that wear like, you know, the extra layers of lashes, like those ones, yeah. the fluffy ones. I think that's, the, you know, flat out they're going to know. But then, like, are you really going to come to me and pull my lash off? That's what I'm saying. Are they looking at you like, hmm, I see that you need a refill. <laughs> they haven't even said it. They just put it on that paper, like have, have your nails a certain way and have no lashes. That's all they said. So what do you want me to do? Go to the bathroom? And where did this come from? Was there a case that happened where an eyelash got into... I have no idea where I haven't heard it. I just know for like certain contracts, this is what they're requiring. That's like amazing. in order for you to get the contract, they don't want you to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to come to me and snatch off my lashes. So how do you know? Like my lashes are in very natural state. You can't tell. I can tell, but you can't tell. Right. My nails are very short. These are my nails. I just have a polish on them, gel polish on them. So what are you going to do? Come Wow. I get it. The ones with like extra long nails, like you can tell, but how, it, like, that's how you feel at some point. This is directed at us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That I am, I am blown at that, that it is written down that way that we're talking about eyelashes, hair, and like the style of eyelashes, how fluffy, how, I mean, it's, that that is now being codified into policy that way that even to like now I think on social media there is like why is the nurse's scrub so tight like why does oh, it yeah. matter yeah why does it matter what I'm wearing what you I got some scrubs that's all that matters why are you looking at my booty in the first place maybe y'all don't tell me y'all don't tell the correctional officers and the police officers why the uniform be so tight good point but we're the ones with the features, so, and even the teachers, so we're the ones that have, you know, uh, curves, and so it's always going to be directed at us as Black women. Yeah. So what do you hope for in the future? Because it feels like with every new, I wouldn't say new, with every reinvention of how you may want to express self, like lashes wasn't always a thing five, 10 years ago, but it is now. There will be something else coming up. Like, what do you hope will be consistent and remain the same for your field in terms of self-expression? I just I just hope that they just let us be ourselves. Yes, I am fully for the safety of the patients, you know, for the, you know, infectious disease part, make sure we're not spreading anything, but allow us to be ourselves. Like you're allowing everybody else to come in as themselves. So why can't I? Why can I not express who I am? Just like, you know, my coworker. Mm -hmm. You know, she doesn't wear lashes. I do. But you allow her to have a messy bun. Mm -hmm. Why can't I also have a messy bun? What is the difference? It's still a bun. Yeah. You allow her scrubs to be tight. Why can't I? Why is it every time that I also do something or I start a trend, you automatically find something? So my biggest hope is we continue to navigate it 
And every time they come up with a barrier, we come around. We find our way around it. And that's how we are as Black people. We're resistant. Girl. You're going to find a way to stop us and we're going to find a loophole. Girl. So what advice would you give to someone who is looking to either change careers or get into the medical field, into nursing? When it comes to hair. Yeah. When it comes to hair, don't be afraid to be yourself. There's always ways around it. Um, you can always find ways to express yourself. Don't let them stop you. Your, head is, your hair is your crown. And if you think of it that way, they can't stop you. Any more closing remarks that you wanted to share with the listeners? I think we talked about earlier um, the scrub caps. So when it comes to like the caps, there are plenty of Black people that have made caps for us with the silk lining, with the proper things, because the hospital is not going to give you that. They're going to give you these paper things that don't do anything for you. Or if you go to a uniform store, none of them come with silk lining. So there are plenty of plenty of vendors out there that understand who we are and the type of hair we have and how we need silk for ourselves that sell it. So don't think that, oh, they don't have those things for me. They do. It's out there. Just like they have scrubs and 6X for the biggest person, they have everything. As a person of color, if you need it, you will find it. They got turbans, turban scrubs for the ones that want to wear a hijab. They got those too. So don't be afraid and that, oh, this career will not have what I need. If they don't, make it for yourself. But you know what? To that, in, in terms of fostering inclusion, that's an additional cost that you yeah. have in research to let me go find this product or let me create this product. And that's something that you have to spend additional money on that your counterparts do not because the hospital provides the paper thin scrub caps. Well, when it comes to that, they sell them in bulk, right? And so on the other side, they're not going to, they're going to one size fit all it. Okay. That's what it is to cut costs because hospitals are in the business to make money. They're not going to spend the extra money to have, because if they got to have one for us, they're going to have to have one for the Asians. They're going to have to have one for the whoever's that need the different ones. So they're going to one size fit all it. These are, and they're also supposed to be disposable. The ones that they're giving are disposable. The ones that they're cheap, they can throw them out. Okay. So it's whatever in the cost. Um, but you also get, it's also tax deductible, your uniform. So if you're going to spend the extra cost on your hair products, claim it. Okay, that's helpful. <laughs> that's you something. can claim it. It is part of your uniform. And it is, hey, on your taxes, talk to, listen, I spent this much on hospital where I, when it comes down to my shoes, to my scrubs, to my scrub caps, this is in cult. So you can, you can claim it. Like I said, there's always a way. Okay. I like that. I didn't actually think about that in terms of it being a cost. I would just put it under, this is what it's going to take for me to get ready as a person. But if it's attached to additional things that you have to do for your occupation, absolutely. 
Very good advice. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, ooh, I feel special. She asked me to be here. Of course. I don't know why I didn't think to ask, but I was like, uh. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Kenesha L. Rowe. This is the Black Crown Chronicles podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it and subscribe. And I'll see you in two weeks.